Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 606, good morning and welcome to a Thursday a very warm Thursday. It's 47 degrees right now in downtown mm, Relatively warm? Yeah, for this time of year, considering what we had in the last part of December. Apparently, spring is here now. Good. Depending on where you're at. Um, I like it when spring arrives in early January. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have uh, a little warm temperatures. Uh, snow in the mountains is going to be coming. We've got uh, showers, as you heard in the weather forecast. Uh, probably going to be expected through the weekend, but a good portion of that is going to come in the form of rain showers because, like I said, we're going to be in high in the 40s, close mm-hmm. to 50 one of the days next week. So, yeah, uh, fairly warm January so far after seeing a pretty cold fall and early part of uh, start of the winter. Good. I mean, the warm part. Yeah. Um Love to get out on the golf course. Very close right now. I mean, if it wasn't for the rain part, um, golf courses 45 don't, is getting really close for me to... Golf courses don't actually close. They just, you know, like, there, there are days when you just can't go out and play, right? There, yeah, the only days that they close is if there's snow covering the okay. course. So they will close courses or say, you know, the course is closed. Or if you have a, a really hard freeze that could cause problems on the greens, in some just, cases, they'll, they'll close the course for that or, or a just, lot of water. Uh, I just assumed you could still, you know, show up to the clubhouse and drink if you want. You can do that. Okay. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's encouraged no matter what the weather is like. Some people believe you can't play golf unless you're drinking, too. Yeah, I have a some, few of those friends. Some people can't unless they are. <laughs> um, some of the things we'll talk about uh, coming up here for you today. Once again, our phone lines are open, as usual, for you to partake in the show. And that is always encouraged, easy to get through, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Also toll-free from wherever you might be listening where it's still dark. Um, that listening area is uh, huge this morning. So any of you listening through uh, parts of northern Idaho, southern Canada, we appreciate it. Um, you can also remember those numbers because we have tickets to the Boise State-Utah State game coming up here this Saturday. We'll be giving away a huge thank you to uh, Kenny and everybody at Cloverdale Plumbing for uh, giving us those tickets to give away to you, the listener. Kenny just had a birthday the other day, by the way. Yes, he did. Um, and he's even on the the, the reason we're getting to use these, because he's not home right now. Yeah. He's, he's out traveling and vacation. Last I saw, uh, follow him on Facebook, he's, he's on in ex- Las Vegas. He's on an extended birthday celebration, Kind I think. of, yeah, kind of. Speaking of birthdays, um, happy birthday to uh, my wife today. And she loves it when you tell her happy birthday. So text her, call yeah. her. If you see her, tell her happy I can, birthday. I so. can already hear that in your voice. Uh, a <laughs> little bit of uh, sarcasm. No, no. Or lying or whatever yeah. it's called. Anyway, she's probably listening this morning. Happy, happy birthday, honey. Love you. Ditto. I mean, <laughs> the uh, the first part. Um, some of the things we'll be talking about today. It's Groundhog Day again. I say that for those of you who listened yesterday, uh, the person who keeps nominating, Kevin oh, yeah. McCarthy, uh, started out yesterday on the sixth vote. It's Groundhog Day. Well, maybe again. This, maybe this time those people <laughs> will vote for it. Nope, they voted for somebody else again. Yeah, uh, still six votes, and we have no Speaker of the House. Some people view this as a good thing because 
no damage is being done because I, nothing can be done in Congress when you don't have a Speaker of the House. I wonder how many votes it will uh, end up taking. What's it been, six so far? Or is, six, is six, yeah. They were, they were going to do a seventh one, but uh, Kevin McCarthy himself said um, that he didn't view anything was going to change, that it was a waste of time to do a seventh vote yesterday. And so yet, they, they resign. And yet he doesn't uh, step down from consideration. No. Right? Okay. Well, I mean, he's getting over 200 votes. Sure. Nobody's even coming close to the number of votes other than the he's Democrat, getting, and a Democrat's never going to get elected. I think he's getting, what, 202 every time, right? 202, 203. Occasionally. Um, it, it is interesting because uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren Boebert is one of the more outspoken people that said she will never, ever vote for Kevin McCarthy and was on Tucker Carlson now, last night. By whom is she outspoken? Uh, by everybody. <laughs> I think even her husband would say she's outspoken. Uh, she's one of the hard line. She's one of the five who said they would never, ever vote for Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on Tucker Carlson. I found it interesting last night. And she, she's saying, Kevin needs to step down. He has 20 people who will not vote for him. It's been over and over. We have 20 people. And, and Tucker said... But there's over 200 that will, so why are you telling him to step down? He goes, because there's 20 people who will never vote. And he goes, yeah, yeah but there's 200 who will. Shouldn't you step back? Because no, we believe in... Don't you think the other 200 we, believe? There's we, 10 we, times more people that believe than you, you know, do. I, I know how you could get uh, Republicans to vote for him. Just, just declare that, uh, okay, you don't have to get 50%. You just have to get more votes than anybody else. And they would immediately vote for the Republican. Yeah, because... because the Democrat, every single vote has gotten 212 votes. I wonder how that would work. Would they do it? The ones that said, okay, and, I mean, if the, because in the past, that's how they have fi- fixed this. I mean, this isn't the first time this has ever gotten on. Mm-hmm. There have been times where they said they've suspended the rules and made a new rule. All right, the next vote will be by a plurality instead of majority. Right. And if that does happen as of right now, you know, based on the past votes, a Democrat would be the Speaker of the House in the majority-led Republican by Republican and House of Representatives. Somebody else would have to be the minority leader. Yeah. So, As opposed to Jeffries. It's it's kind of uh, interesting. It's it's a puzzle that's being put together. I don't know what's going to happen. For It's it's fascinating to watch. And for people to go, oh, this is embarrassing. It's not. This is, no, this this is, is the republic this is, that know, we run under. Republic, democracy, whatever you want to call it. It's a form of one of those. Now, like, at some football. point, somebody's going to have to blink because we can't spend the next two years voting we every can, day. We, we can and will. <laughs> um, the, the good news, I guess, is that they passed the uh, omnibus bill before the end of the year that funds the government <laughs> through October. So uh, it, it can go through October. However, some of the staff probably would get upset because nobody's being paid as uh, of right now. That's a, None of the staff is being paid until really good point if they get sworn in, in. Independently wealthy. So it's going to be interesting. We'll get, we'll get some insight into this. I mean, it is history. This hasn't happened for 100 years where... The speaker has not been elected on the initial vote. Hundred years ago, it took well, nine votes to get a speaker in in nineteen twenty three. As you say, with you know majority as opposed to uh, plurality, uh, essentially we've got to vote or rule by the minority right now because yeah. there are twenty out of four hundred and thirty five people who are deciding it for everyone right now. This is a, an interesting situation because this is what happened in the last two years. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people realize the Democrats went through this same thing. Now, uh, Nancy Pelosi was elected on the first vote, but mm-hmm. there was a very small, very left-wing group, the squad, led by the squad, 
who had a lot of power because they refused to vote with the Democrats a lot of time unless they got concessions. And so the Democrats had to do this because of the small majority that they had. So they thought they should do things politically. Yeah. Oh, wow. We'll talk more about this uh, with Congressman Russ Fulcher. He's been front uh, and center to be able to watch that. We'll uh, find out what's going on, what his predictions might be as to how this will work yeah. itself out. How many votes will it be before you started getting votes, Congressman? Uh, <laughs> um, we, we'll talk with him coming up at about 8.35. So we'll talk with him about this, what he expects, what he sees, what he's seen behind the scenes. Um, it is kind of fascinating to watch uh, and, you know, Politics is ugly. It's what's the saying? Two things you don't want to watch happen. Um, you yeah, know, lawmaking and sausage making. <laughs> yeah, uh, this uh, uh, right there would be right up there with sausage making. Also, <laughs> Brian Kohlberger, the suspect in the killing of four University of Idaho students, is now in Idaho. He arrived at the uh, Moscow Pullman Airport last night about seven thirty hour time. Was taken to jail in Moscow um, today. Possibly first chance to get a, a in front of a judge. That's the prediction anyway. We'll keep you updated on that. That is when the affidavit could be unsealed and we get some information. Other than that, the affidavit, you know, by law has to be unsealed at that time. We'll get some of that information, but that's about all the information because there is a gag order going on. So we'll keep you updated with that and more all here today. Don't forget our phone line's open. Give us a call. You can email Chris at KBOI.com. Or Mike at KBOI.com. It is time for our first check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning is brought to you by our good friends at Pork Belly in CUNA, the place to go for lunch every day. They're open seven days a week, beginning at 7 in the morning. Making plans. you got 45 minutes to get out there and be one of the first to get your great breakfast. They're open 7 to 2 every day, seven days a week. Long gone are the days where you have to be a really, really, really good baseball player to get a huge contract in the major leagues. I give you third baseman Raphael Devers of the Boston Red Sox. They have finalized an 11-year, $331 million contract extension, a deal that will keep the 26-year-old star from reaching free agency this year and constitute the longest and largest guarantee ever given by the Red Sox. Now, the Red Sox have been losing players recently. Of course, they lost Xander Bogarts to San Diego this year in free agency. They lost their star right fielder, Mookie Betts, to the Dodgers before that. But they have given out some pretty solid contracts before. You remember that eight-year deal they gave out to Manny Ramirez back in the day that we all said, wow, that's crazy. And then they gave David Price a huge guarantee, and we all said, wow, that's crazy. But this one is pretty crazy. But, I mean, look at the numbers. Devers did hit two ninety five with 27 home runs and 88 RBIs last year. The year before that, he hit 38 home runs. And he has been pretty good. And as a third baseman, I guess that's a position that you want to shell out some money for to make sure you can solidify. But, man, Devers gets a... <laughs> 11-year, $331 million contract extension from the Red Sox. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Thanks for listening in. Dow Futures are down 109 points. They were up 
yesterday, so that's good news. Who knows what's going to happen here in the next uh, hour or so. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates uh, once again coming up this afternoon. He and Brian Wiley were filling in for Nate Chelman, who was feeling a little under the weather yesterday. So uh, Jeremiah Bates was on the show uh, on our station a lot yesterday because we talked with him an extra half an hour about tax changes. Mostly mm-hmm. talked about tax changes for 2023 and things that you could do to help with your uh, taxes, but we'll find out uh, what's going on with the stock market coming Janu- up about six, 720 this morning. January, when a young man's fancy turns to thoughts of money. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, this is kind of interesting news. Uh, looks like the Moore family is going to have another offensive coordinator. You see this? No, I did not. Missouri is hiring Kirby Moore, Fresno oh, really? State's Kirby Moore, as its new offensive coordinator. Our so, former wide receiver. Former wide receiver, brother of Kellen Moore, who is offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this kind of all goes Broncos full circle here because Kirby played for the Boise State Broncos uh, while Kellen Moore was here. Mm-hmm. And he uh, also coached for a short time, called College of Idaho, um, and then went to Fresno State, now going to um, Missouri, which, by the way, Boise State's Bush Hamden was the quarterback's coach. In Missouri, that's a good point. Uh, off, uh, I think he was, or was he offensive coordinator? I think he was offensive coordinator there. Well, no, he was quarterbacks coach. Sorry, um, and now um, he's back here. He's back here now, and Mizzou's head coach also, Eli Drinkwitz, was a coach here at Boise State mm-hmm. University. So this, I mean, all Boise State. All the time. All the time, basically. <laughs> uh, just continuing to go around. It's going to be interesting to see how he does as an offensive coordinator. Does he have the mind that Kellen Moore does? Because, I mean, you look at Kellen Moore and the job he's done since he's been there, yeah. and he's received a lot of criticism. I don't know why. Um, but, I mean, you look at what he did this year, considering that Dak Prescott was out, and he was able to get an offense to go 4-1 and one mm-hmm. with Cooper Rush. I don't know if he's. The, I don't know if Kellen's going to be there next year. Let's see. They have, they have a well. They have a winning record, and uh, they've uh, put up a lot of points this season compared top, to other top teams. ten offense. Yeah, yeah. He, he's I, done a really I, good job. I, I think if you just look at the uh, the results, he's done fine. Also, uh, we'll talk a little more about this too. Um, the NFL is coming close to a decision on what to do with that game. After Demar Hamlin was the, uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo yep. Bills Monday night game that was was it nine minutes and thirty five seconds into the game um, was postponed. That's all. Some people are thinking that it got canceled. It hasn't been canceled as of yet. However, it is one of the things that the NFL is uh, looking to do. We'll talk a little bit more about this. Um, this is one of those things where no matter what happens, well, nobody is going to be happy. Well, and you, okay, let's say that you scored a touchdown or ran for a certain number of yards in the game so far. Uh, does that count? If they just completely cancel the if game, if they cancel probably, the game, probably not. Probably yeah. doesn't. Now, uh, it's interesting because there are a lot of fantasy leagues that were going on, and I know fantasy doesn't mean anything when it comes to an injury of a player like sure. this, uh, but there were a lot of fantasy leagues. I, I was in a fantasy league, and I had Josh Allen as my quarterback Me going too. that night. Same deal. And they have decided to use this week's game as his quarterback numbers for last week's league, because last really? week was our league championship. Uh-huh. So they I said think- the only fair way that they can think is to use this week's full game, which there is a full schedule of game, and uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills will be playing New England, use his stats from this right. week's game for last week's championship. 
I, I Which did, is a fair I did, way to do it. I did my usual. I was in first place most of the season in our league. <laughs> and then, and then uh, this past weekend, I uh, I was in the game to see who finishes fifth. We'll talk more about that, too. Our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, good morning. Dow continues falling as far as the futures, 165 points down as of right now. In uh, other news this morning, a news story that we've been following for, uh, gosh, it's been, I think, the last couple of months. Haven't heard a lot recently, uh, but a nonpartisan group of residents in Eagle trying to recall Mayor Jason Pierce and city council members have now officially failed to gather the number of signatures Mm. needed to do so. So all is well. <laughs> well, now he gets to preside kind, over. Kind of. He gets to preside over a, a city council, knowing that everybody wanted him gone. The group called Eagle Citizens for Open Government claims that the mayor and the city council uh, don't listen to their constituents, are fiscally irresponsible, are involved in unethical business conduct that includes conflicts of interest. The release did not state how many signatures had been collected since the petition was launched roughly eighty days ago. But the group would have needed to collect around 4,300 signatures by December 27th. So they didn't come close to that. All from the same city, obviously. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, email in. This is a subject we were talking about yesterday. It said, uh, and this came in after the show yesterday. Uh, email Mike and Chris, both of us got this. Um, said, this morning you had a caller call about athletes dropping dead. And you guys said you cannot verify. Here's what the guy was talking about from a leading cardiologist with study and facts, European Soccer League pre-vaccine, 29 players a year had cardiac events on the field. Post-vaccine, 15,098 cardiac events. 1,101 died from cardiac event. Um, I did some more searching on this because we got a few emails yesterday uh, about the, the FIFA, you know, that claim that 108 had died yeah. post-COVID vaccines. And I did a, a, a quick look. COVID vaccines were available starting at the end of 2019. So for the past three years, in the FIFA Soccer League, Mm -hmm. 32 players have died, either on the field or shortly thereafter from being on the field. Less than uh, one-third of what was claimed. Not only that, but here's the other thing that is not entered into that. You had, this is all deaths from all reasons, whether it's a sudden cardiac event, a heart attack, um, hit in the head. One person had a headache and died after the game. Um, so this was from all reasons. There were 32 players in the FIFA League that died either well, on, you, during you, practice, you say or... FIFA, you say FIFA League, but you know that's basically hundreds of teams around the, uh, around the world. Right, yeah. right. And before, so I did a, a, a check on the names of the players, because uh, that was one thing we were asking, can you give us the names of the players so we can do a, a, you know, our own fact check on this? And then I did a check three years previous before the COVID vaccine came out in 2019, including 2019. So uh, 17, 18, and 19, 29 players died for all reasons. Now here's the other so thing. That's a very similar number. Yeah. So here's the other thing that's left out. You don't know how many of these players had the COVID vaccine either. So they could have died and not have it because there is no COVID, mac, uh, COVID vaccine mandate in uh, the FIFA League. 
they encouraged people to get the COVID vaccine, but there was no mandate. So some of these players who were dying could have died and not had the COVID vaccine. So there's a lot of missing information on this, and it doesn't come close to 108 players dying while playing on the the field um, from sudden cardiac arrest. That was from, you know, dying. Some had taken hits um, and died from, uh, what do you call it, uh, concussions. Yeah. So... To very similar numbers well, three years before and three the, years uh, after the vaccine. The link that he sent was the same one that a listener, or I mean, the same one that the uh, person on, on who called on the phone had had given us. It was the same link, so uh, they were uh, both citing the same website as as proof. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can find you know 177 websites that say no. And then people find one that say says yes, and they go, "What are the rest of them hiding from us?" And there, I mean, hey, I'm not saying that the doctor in this link that he sent us was not telling the truth, um, you know. But I will say that this doctor, and he is a cardiologist, he is very outspoken against the COVID vaccines, but he has never, ever talking talking to or um, looked at Demar Hamlin. So he's doing this, watching the game on television. Mm-hmm. He's he's never he's never <laughs> and saying here's my diagnosis. Yeah, he, he's never. Now there are a lot of people saying that he died from that sudden trauma to to your heart. That what is it, commotia? Well, he didn't die. Cortis, or yeah, he suffered the cardiac because of that. Right. Um, there are a lot of doctors that are they're saying that. I don't know because I haven't, I haven't, uh, you know looked at or even know Damar Hamlin or talked to any of his doctors. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of information that gets gets left out of that, is all I'm saying. KBY Newstime, 746. Get a check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Kuna. Get in for lunch uh, today. Uh, a lot of different things for you to try out, but the one thing I will tell you, no matter what you get, get the side of uh, country gravy with what you get. You won't be uh, unhappy they at all. They should sell it as a beverage. Good morning, I'm Rick Worthington. The Boise State basketball team will host Utah State on Saturday. It's a 4.30 p.m. game right here on News Talk KBOI, and the Broncos are looking for a second Mountain West win this week. With more on that, we check in with Bob Beeler. The Aggies come to Extra Mile Arena 13-2 and overall and 2-0 and in the conference. They're shooting 43% from three and averaging 11 makes a game. Stephen Ashworth is shooting 54% from outside, and Coach Rice says he's a handful. I think Ashworth, I declared him the best shooter in the country. I, I really do. I mean, when he gets any space, it's in. You know, that's hard when you have a guy like that because then it spreads you out so much, and then you get chasing, and then, you know, it makes it easier to get to the rim. You can hear more about the matchup with Utah State on the Weekly Coaches Show tonight at 6 from 10 Barrel Brewing in downtown Boise. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Once again, that game will be Saturday, 4.30 p.m., right here on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The election of a, of a Speaker of the House is is relatively pro forma. It's often the easiest vote that, that a speaker will have. But until that happens, nothing happens. I mean, these members are not even sworn in yet. The committees are not formed. Uh, they're not going to be paid. 
This morning, the stage is set for a third day of battle for Speaker of the House. Overnight, ABC News learning Kevin McCarthy has made another offer to hold out in the Republican Party against his bid for Speaker. Sources tell us McCarthy has proposed a new round of concessions, including changing the rules so that just one lawmaker could force a vote to remove the Speaker, putting more conservatives on the powerful House Rules Committee and a vote on bills like term limits and border security. Day number three. Gee, I wonder if that'll do it. 10 o'clock our time, due to uh, be back in chambers, and uh, I'm sure at least another vote will be coming. Seventh, if you're keeping score at home. My original prediction was that they will not stop voting until uh, every Republican uh, House member has gotten at least one vote. <laughs> well, so far, what they've only got, what, three or four people who've been nominated? Mm-hmm. None of them have ever received more than 20 votes other than Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Jim Jordan was one of them. Jim Jordan. And Jim Jordan says he, he's not going to be Speaker of the House. He doesn't want to be Speaker of the House. What happens if you force a person who doesn't want to be Speaker of the House to be Speaker of the House? <laughs> I guess, well, I guess it, it to say, a certain well, extent, that's what uh, the, uh, the representative from Florida, uh, Matt Gates, was saying when he nominated Jim Jordan. He said, uh, "Do we do we want a guy who just you know campaigns and has been trying for this position for years, or do we want somebody who'd actually be good at it?" And that you'd have to force to do it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, Jim Jordan said that he this is not what he wants to do. He he enjoys being in the hearings and asking questions and and grilling people in the hearings. That's what he wants to do. I've, I've always had that feeling. He's pretty good at it. What happens now? Uh, Joni Snyder of Bloomberg uh, gave details on uh, what's going on in the chambers, what will happen with the votes. What's going on? Yeah, he can't seem to win those votes. Um, He needs 218, a majority of the House, and there's only, uh, he basically would need from the Republican caucus 222 uh, because uh, there is a caucus of 222, and he needs all Republican votes because the Democrats are not giving him any votes, and he has been failing. Uh, He's lacking 20 votes. Uh, So it's really become uh, sort of this extraordinary situation the House can't do any of its business. They can't even swear in members. Members can't pay their staffs. They can't do anything. They're, they're really members elect at this point until the Speaker uh, is elected. That's a constitutional office, second in line to the presidency, and they can't seem to get it done. What is going to meaningfully change this situation, which has been referred to by one Republican representative as a hostage situation, and how does it really reflect the divisions that we're seeing within the group? Yeah, so these these uh, Republicans who won't give him the votes, uh, Heidi, are they're they're very conservative Republicans for the most part, and they it's very hard for him to negotiate with them. It's very hard to figure out what they want uh, in return. Some want uh, things that would basically allow them to uh, you know take over the the speaker role pretty quickly. Some want uh, positions on committees that would put them that would really move them up in front of much more senior. 
members who likely then wouldn't vote for him. So it's really hard to figure out how they do this. Some are saying that they maybe should start coming up with other names. Steve Scalise, who is uh, sort of right behind, uh, or is viewed as being right behind Kevin McCarthy in line for this job, uh, has been mentioned as someone. Maybe they should put him on the ballot and see how he does. There had been some talk about trying to negotiate with uh, Democrats and maybe find somebody more moderate. Uh, the Democrats, first of all, don't appear to be in a mood to negotiate. They're standing firm and just kind of watching the whole thing. Let, you know, as Nancy Pelosi said, this is not our mess. Let them figure it out. And also, if you did negotiate with uh, Democrats to try to get a more moderate person, they may lose some of those other votes, even if they get some Democratic votes. So it's really hard. It's a very complicated puzzle right now. And it looks like they're just going to keep voting for a while to see if something else can emerge. Uh, we hear from uh, people behind the scenes in the Republican Party that they are continuing to negotiate. Uh, people like Representative French Hill, who we had on Bloomberg earlier today, said he's been trying to talk to people. But there does not seem to be a, a path, at least not a clear path, out of this mess. And some are saying it could be days or even weeks before we have a Speaker of the House. I worry, I worry about the staffs. Yeah, none of them are you know, getting paid. They're basically they've all sort of uh, uh, transitioned into an unpaid internship for right now. I, I wonder, My guess is they're still working. You know? do, do you think they get back pay? I don't know. It might they be should. something to ask. Uh, you know, Congressman Russ Fulcher will be on with us, who's you know basically been in the chambers for everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I think in in one of the uh, ABC News drops that we played uh, before. Uh, the explanation there, I, I think you're going to see a point where there becomes a lot of pressure from voters, a lot of pressure from within the party. Um, now, Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates have both said they will never, no matter what, there is nothing that could happen that would allow them to support and vote for Kevin McCarthy. That's okay, because Kevin McCarthy can have four people not change their minds if he wants to become Speaker of the House and and get the necessary votes. However, I mean, right now there's 20. So they've got to pick up 16 people to change their votes. The the, the part of this that kind of smells, is stinky, uh, smells in a bad way, (laughs) is the people that are saying, hey, look, I'll vote for you if you give me this Committee, I well, get to be on this committee. That's, that's just politics. I mean, that's that's the way it, you know it goes. Right, you but, do, but it uh, still stinks. I'll, I'll do you a favor, and then you do me a favor. Yeah. What would happen if two hundred and eighteen said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna vote for you unless you put us on the committee." Well, you know, everybody I mean? gets to be on a committee, but they don't get to decide necessarily which right. one. They, there are people, and, and that's what some of them are doing. It's like, you'll get my vote, but you have to put me in charge of this committee ahead mm-hmm. of people who have earned the right to be in charge of that the, committee. The good news is you got a committee chairmanship. The bad news is we now have more than 300 committees. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see pressure throughout the rest of this week. That's, that's my opinion. I think next week, though, uh, if this goes into the next week and you start seeing this going into 12, 13, 14 votes and not having a speaker, you're, you're going to start to see some pressure coming from <laughs> with, within the party to do something to fix this.
Kevin McCarthy has said he's not going to drop out, and Somebody, then you have you have news, a group that's saying there's no way they're ever going to vote for him either. One of the newscasters last night said something about this is eventually going to be come ridiculous, and another one said, "No, it passed ridiculous on vote number four. <laughs> well, see now I don't agree with that because what was it? You know, after the Civil War, they they had 133 votes over a two month period. That's ridiculous. Will we will we approach that record? I don't think so. But, I mean, even a hundred years ago, when, when it was the last time something like this happened, you had nine votes before they elected Speaker of the House. That's back in 1923. So we're, yeah. not, even, we're not even up to the nine as of yet. KBOI Newstime is 7.15. Reminder that Russ Fulcher will be on with us. Congressman Russ Fulcher at about 8.35 this morning. Uh, we'll find out what's going on, what his predictions are, what he's hearing. It, it's fairly raucous. There is cussing and yelling going on. That's nothing new for the uh, house either. Uh, time for a check on sports brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. Breakfast, brunch, and lunch with a twist. Open every day, 7 to 2 p.m. See their menu at porkbellyidaho.com. Good morning. Pro Bowl wide receiver Devontae Adams said yesterday that he wants to return to the Las Vegas Raiders next season, despite the apparent impending departure of his good friend, Derek Carr, and an underwhelming season by the team that was expected to be a playoff team. He also hopes to be kept in the loop by his coaches Josh McDaniels and the GM Dave Ziegler when it comes to choosing who will be the quarterback next year. He said, yeah, he absolutely wants to be in Las Vegas, but he really wants Derek Carr there as well. Adams, by the way, who grew up an Oakland Raiders fan in California, was acquired in that big blockbuster March trade with the Green Bay Packers for first and second round draft picks and signed a five-year extension that averaged about $28.5 million per season with $67.5 million guaranteed to reunite with his favorite quarterback ever, he said, his good friend and Fresno State teammate, Derek Carr. The Raiders, who would be on the hook for $40 million should Carr get injured, Bench the uh, nine-year veteran last week for the season's final two games and instead started Jared Stidham, who did pretty darn well. 365 yards and three touchdowns. By the way, that was better than Derek Carr did all year. Take that, Devontae Adams. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us once again. Talk about uh, your money and uh, Dow Futures are down this morning. Once again, we got good news, which is bad news. Right? Uh, that, that was the theme of 2022, and that know, is carrying over into 2023. And this is the, I guess, the split that we have of good news on Main Street, which is bad news on Wall Street. Now, we had private payroll data. Now, the, the government jobs report is will be released tomorrow. Give us some better insight. But private payroll data from ADP, which bases, bases its figures off of payroll data from more than 25 million U.S. workers. So it's a decent sample size. And that number was released this morning, signaling that the labor market is still very strong. You had U.S. companies adding more jobs than were expected in December. 
uh, driven by largely small to mid-size, uh, medium-sized businesses. Now, I know in the headlines we're seeing reports that you know you have some larger tech companies doing some layoffs. Not surprised because these technology companies are dealing with some headwinds of growth, and they did uh, they had a hiring spree during the during post-COVID, the couple years after that. So, no surprise that we're seeing tech layoffs. But technology makes up such a small percentage of the overall U.S. workforce. Now, the big concern investors here is that if you have a strong labor market, we'll likely see an increase in wage growth, which then results in higher inflation. And that inflation cloud has been the... the harbinger of stock market uh, slides of all of 2022. So the concern is that that will continue in the 2023. And, of course, the Federal Reserve had uh, their December meeting minutes were released yesterday. And it was pretty clear that the central bank wants to remain committed to uh, tamping down inflation and keeping higher interest rates for some time. And now if we're seeing a strong labor market, the, the worry is that that will continue and there will likely not be a pivot for interest rate hikes going into this new year. All right. And as of right now, down 220 points on the Dow because of that great news. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get some bad news later today to see well, the stock market jump around. Yesterday did finish in the green. We broke a two-day losing streak. You never know. We could see uh, we could see the futures change when the market opens, but uh, unlikely in my opinion. All right. We'll get an update from you here in about an hour and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jets. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741, uh, we got another update on sports coming up here in just a couple minutes, but since we are going to be talking about sports, uh, let's talk a little bit about the NFL uh, because of DeMar Hamlin encountering the life-threatening injury during the first quarter of the game last week. It was forced to be postponed. The league now trying to find a solution. An update late yesterday revealed all options are being considered. According to uh, reporter Benjamin Albright, the league is mulling over calling it a no contest. Uh, the game from last night right now is considered suspended uh, and it may end up being a no contest. That's the idea that's being pitched around right now as is a no contest between the two. And if a seating issue comes into play after the week 18 stuff is done, then they will use either a random number generator to not count uh, a game and make it uh, even on all sides. Uh, at least that's the current phrase that's being thrown around, current idea that's being thrown around. Nothing has been determined officially yet, but that's the leader in the clubhouse right now per Nobody's going to be happy over this. Well, you you had predicted that wouldn't happen, you know, b- because of the playoff picture. But I just can't figure out when they would make up the game. The only thing that I could figure that they would make up was, like I said, extending the season, doing away with the two weeks between the Super Bowl and the last playoff game, and extend the season one week to play mm-hmm. that one extra game yeah, move, if needed. Move everything up or move everything back. Yeah, because under the situation, I mean. Can you imagine? Basically, a random generator is a coin flip. So you take all the people, all the teams who would have a chance to possibly be in Cincinnati and Buffalo are those two teams. If you do a no contest, that means that they've played one less game. Kansas City is going to be screaming bloody murder because they have no chance to catch Buffalo and Kansas City does not want to go to Buffalo and play in January and and February. So they want a chance to get home field advantage where they have won the last two times that the two teams have played in Kansas City. So if you do a coin flip and they lose the coin flip, they're, they're going to be screaming 
bloody murder on this. And that's basically what they're saying that the NFL is, is leading towards as of right now. I don't know. Well, the NFL will say, let him scream. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, another option would be determine the seating based on win percentage. Once again, you're going to have people that aren't going to be happy with that, according to the NFL, as opposed to win-loss record. But that would leave one particular fan base upset if you go to win percentage instead of wins because once again you have two teams who have played two less games yeah. which gives them advantage and Kansas City would not be happy with that either it's just in this situation if it, there's going to be teams that are not going to be happy if there is that final game is determined to be a no contest well you're not going to make everybody happy no matter what you do well, I think if it, well, yeah, and you're right. I, I was going to say, I think if you play that extra game, you're going to make people happy. But what happens then is, then say the Buffalo Bills do indeed get the number one seed. Yeah. The the advantage of that number one seed is you don't have to play. You get a bye week. All of a sudden, now you take away that bye week. Now you do get the number one seed. You get to play home field your entire playoff, but you do lose that bye week if they extend the game. So you know. They may not be happy, but it might it might be better for them than to mm, yeah. you know have to flip a coin or do the 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 uh, generator computer. It's basically computer flipping a coin. But and no, I mean nobody wants to feel like you played the whole season, gave it your best shot, and it came down to oh well you know random number generator. Yeah, I my guess is they're not going to make a final decision until after the game Sunday. Who knows? Maybe after Sunday it won't even matter. But after Sunday, they'll have to make a decision coming up. There is no game on Monday night this year, so uh, they'll make a decision, or this week, rather, this not week, this right. year, this week. They'll make a con- um, uh, Well, it's the first time this year there's no Monday night game. <laughs> KBY News Time is 745. Time for a final check on uh, other sports going on locally. Brought to you by Pork Belly and CUNA. Stop by Pork Belly in downtown CUNA for delicious breakfast, lunch, large portions to fill you up, fam- friendly prices, and, uh, of course, Great, great food, great, great coffee. Get in and check out their menu today, porkbellyidaho.com. Good morning. Utah State, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Boise State will need a big defensive effort on Saturday if they want to get that win. Bob Beeler talks to us about it this morning. The Aggies come in making an average of 11 threes a game and are knocking them down at a rate of 43% as a team. Marcus Shaver Jr. knows that they're going to have to defend the three to win. You can't lose sight of the shooters. Uh, just stay locked in mentally the whole game, and um, you just can't fall asleep on them. Let let them get uh, their rhythm early, and um, you know if they knock one down, it's gonna be a long night. So, just uh, just disrupting their rhythm. The Aggies' leading scorer Stephen Ashworth is averaging 17 points a game and is making 54 percent of his three pointers. You can hear more about the Bronco basketball team tonight at six on the Coaches Show. Join us at Ten Barrel Brewing in downtown Boise. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. There was one Mountain West game that was played last night. It was the Nevada Wolfpack that was at home and defeated Colorado State by a score of 80-69. to Nevada is now the only 3-0 team in the Mountain West. Utah State and San Diego State are 2-0 as well. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.52. Temperatures have dropped a little bit. Still fairly warm for this time of year. When we came to work this morning, it was 47, now down to 39 degrees, but mm. uh, still going to be in the mid-40s today. Did you hear the story out of California? 
a uh, car went over a cliff 250 feet down a place called Devil's Slide in San Mateo County, according to the Highway Patrol. Here's the news. There were four people in the car, two adults and two kids, four and seven years old. All four of them survived. Wow, 250 feet? 250 to 300 feet down. All four survived, which has to tell you a little bit about maybe Tesla and crashing. <laughs> that That's pretty amazing that this goes down. The police department said when they went down, they did not expect to find anybody alive. It's very rare, they said, for people to survive such a steep fall. So they they, they fell like straight off a cliff, not just downhill? Um, the uh, driver, a California man, apparently intentionally drove off the cliff. Really? Yeah. Trying to kill himself and his family. The rescue involved firefighters who repelled down the cliff to rescue the two children, four and seven years old, a helicopter yeah, if crew. They, if they repelled, then it wasn't just downhill. No, it wasn't just downhill. It, it was a cliff. I mean, it's called Devil's Slide for a reason. Based on evidence collected, investigators developed probable cause to believe the incident was an intentional act. No word on why the man was trying to kill his family and himself. It's one of those incidences, once again... Or, you know, hey, kill yourself first and then come back and do the rest of the family. <laughs> yeah, that's just, uh, that's such an act of narcissism to assume that when you want to commit suicide that you should take other people with you. How much is it going to suck? Uh, I mean, he wakes up and is like, what? I'm still alive? Yeah. Yeah, so, are, so are, is your entire family. Who was it? One of the comedians said, uh, you know, how awkward would that be uh, if, you know, what really happens is you end up at the gates of heaven and have to be judged by St. Peter, whether you can go in or not. And uh, you've killed a bunch of people, and you're all there at the same time, and you're like, uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, the uh, police department said that, here's the, here's the other thing, if you, if you don't think that car seats work, because like they said, the, there were four- and seven-year-olds uh, were in the car. Both were in a car seat, and the police believe the car seat was what helped to save their lives. Mm. But the fact that all four people, after a dive off a 250-foot cliff, are still alive is just absolutely uh, amazing. The two, the, the two children, I, uh, the two children just had moderate injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't say um, the husband and the wife how injured uh, that they were, but I guess they'll be due in court. Or at least he will be due in court yeah. and uh, being charged with uh, attempted murder from his family. I, I know one thing: Christmas is going to be awkward. <laughs> Next Christmas. Next Christmas. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through and take part in the show. Remember, you can always email us, mike at kbui.com, chris at kbui.com, and uh, also don't forget uh, text message, same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Coming up here in about 45 minutes, uh, Congressman Russ Fulcher will be with us. He's in the House. He's been watching the votes. We'll find out how much he's been involved in the votes. Has he been doing the yelling and screaming and name-calling and cussing? There's... there's a, Apparently, allegations that all that's been going on. It's very been very raucous and drinking. Was, there was an allegation yesterday. <laughs> was there really? Yeah, drinking in the in. in. Somebody said, well, based on like you know all the popcorn and booze over here. 
I saw I saw somebody post popcorn. I mean, there are a lot of Democrats um, with popcorn, basically saying, "Hey, get ready for the show." They're just going to sit back and watch the show. Um, you had an email. I wanted you to read that before we go to break uh, uh, about what should happen, and I thought that was a fantastic idea from a listener. Yeah, uh, Jaime or Jamie says, uh, "Morning, GOP should." sequester the Republicans of the House until they elect a speaker like the Catholic Church does when they uh, select a new pope. That'll light a fire under them. I can imagine any of them want to spend more than, or don't want to spend more than one hour in a locked room with Matt, Lauren, or Marjorie. <laughs> I like that idea. Make them stay there uh, until they come up with a, a new speaker. And no food or sleep. Well, no, you can't yeah, do that. Can't do that. Uh, KBY News Time, 7.56. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670-KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.07. Good morning. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always be a part of the uh, show by calling us up. 1-800-529-5264. That's toll-free from wherever you might be listening. Also, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Clifford Payette, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBO. Good morning to you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And I heard uh, today's National Bird Day be one our day, so there's no snow or ice, but uh, be kind to my birds so the feral cats can eat them. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, somebody that's a genius mind texted in or, said, uh, let's sequester those Republicans until they get the job done, and I am uh, just call it Grandpa to 20, and life will go on, and uh, the Constitutional Republic will continue, and um, there's no true Republicans. I noticed they weren't going to show up till noon. They, they uh, Whitey, the man gets to st- sleep in till noon today before they show up for their horrific job of casting their votes so well i I think there's a lot of work that's still being done even though they're not going to vote or show up for a vote until noon i I think that there are uh, a lot of backroom meetings that are going on right now with those with those 20 people who are holdouts can't you hear the meeting do you want to vote for somebody else no are you still there well you're an asshat (laughs) not you not you clifford i'm we're still doing the okay, meeting. Well, we're, we're doing the meeting here. What's going on in the meeting? The hoo-ha was, rather than go to NAM, I got to stay uh, in D.C. for a couple of years of my life. And uh, 50 years ago, it was uh, cesspool, and now it's still sewer. So let's get uh, business taken care of so we can defend the border. And that's my final were, word. Were you at the Pentagon? I did. I got to spend uh, three days in the Pentagon, but 50 years ago, yeah, and I spent a lot of time, oh, playing tennis close to Dulles and Air Force One, and Nixon was getting impeached, and the whole world was going to de-evolve, but it's uh, 50 years later, and it's still tick-tock. My in-laws 50 years ago uh, worked at at the Pentagon, and they said the most difficult thing at that time was having to get past all the protesters to get in the building. <laughs> I'm laughing, but uh, it was all fun. 
least I didn't eat uh, my comrades. God rest them all. There's a commit murder, self-murder these days. But thank you for my airtime. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Love, love you guys. Bye. Um, this is the uh, week, by the way, that uh, a lot of people who have real Christmas trees will get rid of their Christmas trees. I know a lot of people pick them up for free. Do you, do you have a real tree or fake tree every year? Fake we have, tree. We have a fake tree, too. Um, I didn't realize this was going on. Apparently, over the last few years, there's a uh, growing trend of eating your Christmas tree after Christmas so as not to waste it. And apparently, it's getting more and more popular every year. There are other ways not to waste it besides actually consuming it. Julia George Alice, author of How to Eat Your Christmas Tree, mm-hmm. is uh, talking about different ways, um, different things that you could do to ingest your tree. How to Eat Your Christmas Tree is a cookbook that explores the unsung edible heroes of our forests, the humble Christmas trees and their evergreen friends. In the US and UK alone, 40 million trees are harvested and thrown away each year. My Little Green Cookbook's 22 delicious recipes with ideas such as Christmas tree cured salmon, spruce flavored ice cream, and Christmas tree alcohol. I guess, I mean, yeah, you have gin that uses juniper berries to give it that Christmas tree taste. Yeah, well, I suppose so. I guess you could use a little bit of the, uh, some part of the tree and just put it in a big prime rib so you don't taste the Christmas tree. That's the dumbest. I think that you, might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How about if you just cut it up and use it to, to start the fire over which you will cook? Well, part of it they said was start. You know, use the parts that are that are edible. You know, like the twigs and stuff like that <laughs> that you're going to use to flavor you, stuff, and then burn it and use the ashes in other food products. You remember Yule Gibbons? Yeah, many and parts the, are edible. Yeah, many parts of a pine tree are edible. Well, I, up until now, I didn't know that there was actually a cookbook having to do with Did your Christmas tree. But there you go. If you uh, don't want to, you know, take the time to cut up your Christmas tree so that the garbage collectors can pick them up this week or haul it off to the uh, dump yourself, um, many parts are edible. <laughs> KBI News Time is eight twelve. Uh, stick around. Coming up next, your chance to get that fifty dollars gift certificate to Twisted District, or tickets to the Boise State basketball game. Um, we're going to give you a choice, and once again, we're giving these both away, so whoever chooses what they want for the Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question gets that, and whatever is left over, we'll give it away here before 10 o'clock, but we'll do that coming up here next, right after Bronco Sports Today. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty for all your real estate needs. Here's the number to call, 208-888-4128. Jeremiah is going to get the first crack at our question today. Uh, Jeremiah, we've got a $50 Twisted District gift certificate or tickets to the Boise State-Utah State game Saturday afternoon. It'll be your choice, but first you have to answer our question correctly. Before the city of Seattle was called Seattle, it was called... A different name instead. By the way, uh, as a hint, there is a city currently that goes by the name that Seattle originally went by right now. What was Seattle originally called? Well, I believe it was called New York's New York. It was called New, New York. York. Yes. 
People settled there in 1851. They called it New York. That's what they named it. But they quickly changed the name to Seattle after a Native American chief who had helped them out. Mm -hmm. Chief Seattle. And that's how the name Seattle came Seattle and how New York got New York. It was also for a while called Dewamps. Dewamps. I wish they would have stayed with that. The Dewamp Seahawks? Yeah, the Dewamp Seahawks. I mean, that's just got a ring to it, doesn't it? Sure. The Dewamp Mariners? Why not? The Dewamp Kraken? Congratulations, Jeremiah. What are you going to go for? Do you want the $50 Twisted District gift certificate? Or would you like the tickets to the Boise State-Utah State game compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing? I am going to go with the Twisted District. Twisted District is yours. Hang on the line. Good news for those of you who are trying to get the tickets to the Boise State game. Sometime within the next 90 minutes, we will give you a chance to win those tickets. Stay tuned. On the way here in about 10 minutes. After news at the bottom of the hour, Congressman Russ Fulcher will be with us. He has uh, been in the House of Representatives doing absolutely nothing but sitting there and voting. Time after time after time, six times with the seventh vote probably going to be happening sometime after noon today. We'll talk with Congressman uh, coming up here in about 10 minutes. Stick around. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. The election of a, of a Speaker of the House is, is relatively pro forma. It's often the easiest vote that, that a Speaker will have. But until that happens, nothing happens. I mean, these members are not even sworn in yet. The committees are not formed. Uh, they're not going to be paid. It's Groundhog Day again. And live from Washington, D.C., who has uh, been in the uh, trenches joining us, Congressman Russ Fulcher. And it looks like we're going to have day number three of votes coming up again today because we don't have a speaker. And as you just heard right there, nothing gets done. You're not even sworn in. The new members aren't even sworn in. Not getting paid for the staff. Congressman Russ Fulcher, um, can you give us a bird's eye view of what is going on for the past two days. We, we, we talked about this this morning, Chris and I did, and, and I think you've even mentioned it before. There are two things you don't want to get see getting made, and that's laws and uh, sausage. However, this kind of goes in, uh, under that heading of laws, even though it's not laws being made, uh, because that can't, no business can be done until that's happening. Uh, but this is kind of ugly. You know, it really is, and and uh, I will I will also tell you um, I I kind of foresaw some of this happening and uh, have been very very involved, and I still am uh, with the specifics of what's going on internally. And it's not simple to to cover just a couple seconds, but I can tell you it started out, and I think in a very righteous way as a negotiation in order to change the rules of the U.S. House. Because when Nancy Pelosi took over the House, what she did was she consolidated with her party support a lot of the control under the Speaker. And so with change in leadership, the members on the Republican side said, hey, you know what, that's got to flip back. Each individual member needs to be empowered. And so there's where a real win has tended to uh, come about as a function of that. Now there's a tentative rules package that is 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 what it was pre Pelosi, even pre Boehner, where where members can uh, can have the, the much more authority to operate, offer amendments on the floor, get notice of uh, large bills, you know, multiple days before you have to vote on them. Uh, 
have content that's germane to a, a single subject as opposed to these omnibus bills. So there's a lot of good things that's come out of it thus far. Uh, obviously, some bad ones, too, but that's just a start of the explanation of why and, and where we are. Have you been voting for uh, McCarthy? <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah. Yeah, I have. And uh, uh, that's been in conjunction with uh, uh, my good friend Jordan, you know, because mm-hmm. Jim has been also uh, put on the dock and as a possible. He does not want it. I, I, <laughs> and not only does he not want it, he is um, uh, very, very uh, much excited about being in an oversight leadership position as a chairman of judiciary where he can dig into some of this FBI stuff, some of the Hunter Biden stuff, and that's what he wants to do. And so, um, uh, yes, I have. I, and uh, and it's, it, uh, it's been absolutely in conjunction with Jim's demands. He's really the only other significant person that has been teed up for this. And I will also tell you, he does not have the level of support as a body that Kevin does. So uh, it's, it may sound controversial, but it's really not. What what uh, what is it about Kevin McCarthy that would make him a good speaker of the house? Well, there's there's a, I'll tell you I'll tell you a couple things and then where people have a rub with him too, uh, and I'll start with the rubs just because it helps explain the other. I think some people have uh, have complained that during uh, election primaries that uh, Kevin has steered directly or indirectly money to take out incumbent uh, members of the, of the conference that they think doesn't necessarily agree with him on things. I have I personally, I've not seen evidence of that, but that's the belief. And so that's where some of the angst uh, comes in that tentatively has been resolved throughout these negotiations or the ability for that to happen in the future has you know been taken away, whether it's happened or not. Um, the other thing is, with pre-existing leadership control, it's prevented certain members from getting on committees that they otherwise would get on. And that as well has been changed in this new set of rules. And so those were the rubs and why some people have had problems with them. On the flip side, look, um, the guy has been a machine, number one. He has raised a half a billion, with a B, dollars on behalf of the the conference over the last couple of years, which is, as far as I know, unprecedented. That's It's a, it's a significant thing. He has, um, in, in terms of my tenure here, he has been very forthright. And uh, I've, I've had uh, uh, no reason to see unfairness there. Thirdly, and this is a significant deal, he is the only member of this body that really wants the job. And, you know, you gotta, <laughs> you, you've got to uh, you, you put that in perspective. And, you know, one-on-one conversation with Jim is, is a prime way to do it. He says, Russ, you know, why would I do that? Why would I want to do that? First of all, it takes me away from what I want to do. Secondly, that's a no-win situation in so many ways. And uh, um, you've got to have it. But as long as you've got, you know, there's control, controls in place where the speaker doesn't have too much power, uh, then you've got to have the role, but you've got to have somebody willing to to do it. They're like a, a human resource manager over 435 strong-willed people, okay? <laughs> and so imagine that for a moment, right? That in and of itself. I was a, a, a Senate leader in the Idaho State Legislature with 35, and that was a handful. Um, imagine that with 435. 
And so uh, that's where we are. Let's get uh, your predictions on what's going to happen. It looks like later today um, you're going to see a, a, what is this, will be seventh vote for those people keeping score at, at home, which, by the <laughs> way, is not unprecedented. The last time this happened, there were nine votes before uh, Speaker of the House was chosen back in 1923. What do you see happening here as far as behind the scenes? Um, are, is there going to be a way for Kevin McCarthy and his backers to make enough deals and promises with 16 of the 20 people who are holdouts as of right now for Kevin McCarthy to be speaker? Well, the I think there is, but um, under the new rules, the speaker will not have the ability to promise things like committees or chairmanships and whatnot. And nor, in my opinion, should they have that ability? What he can do is say, look, I'll do my best to try to encourage uh, a situation where you can have representation on these committees. Uh, And so, and I'm sure that's probably, well, I'm not sure that's what he's attempting to do right now, but he can't make that hard commit because he doesn't have the authority to do it, nor should he have uh, the other thing is you may have seen reports that the Cooper Growth and Congressional Leadership Fund has jointly agreed they're not going that, that money from the party should not be steered to take out incumbent Republican incumbents in primaries. And so those are two big hurdles that uh, I think are most likely to break the logjam. I don't know. Um, if, if that's going to happen today or if that's going to happen in the future, I will also tell you there's a, there is an unhealthy, uh, with a very small uh, group, there is an unhealthy group. Just look, just get Kevin out of here, right? Uh, and, you know, we don't have anybody else that we want to put in there, but just get him out of there. And that's not a healthy way to go after this. Somehow we've got to, to solve that. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the I think the answer is, is before us. I think we're getting closer. Uh, the other thing that's coming up is if we don't have this thing solved by, I think it's the 13th, then uh, there's 435 staffs that don't get paid. And and that's going to be a wake-up call. And that should be, too, and members as well, for that matter. But um, we've got to get this leadership in place. I think the steps are being taken. It's not pretty, but... I believe the outcome will be okay. Do you think there's any chance that uh, there could be a compromise candidate other than McCarthy at some point? Well, um, I, I can tell you it's it's certainly been brought up. Um, I, I I don't think it's going to happen, Chris. But you know, uh, I've, I've, it's very difficult to predict predict here. Uh, it, there's no let's put it this way: there's no one else that has anywhere close to the support Ken does on the Republican side. Well, and you'd also mentioned that and nobody so, else wants the job. <laughs> right, and nobody else and nobody that I know of wants it, okay? And so in order for that to happen, it, it, could it happen? Yes. But in order for that to happen, Kevin would have to stand up and say, okay, I throw all my support behind so-and-so, and uh, it would have to be with him taking the lead into steering it to someone else. And if that's the, the case... Possibly, um, I, I don't see any signs of that yet. I'm going to see him here within about 45 minutes, and and uh, you know get the latest. Right. We 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 split out at midnight last night. Got to head back and and uh, and sit down again in about 45 minutes. But I, I don't think that will happen. But uh, as a last resort, it, it could. It yes, it could. One more question before you let we let you go. Uh, does this get done before next week? 
I believe that it does. And, uh, and even, even for those who've taken the hard line, they may say publicly and on national TV, Hey, you know, I'll do whatever it takes out. This is some pretty significant wear and tear on everybody behind the scenes. Cause whatever you see playing out on C-SPAN, take that 10 X when the door gets closed and you're in the conference meeting. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's such a uh, in such an intense environment. I think all of us you know, want to right. want to bring this to a healthy conclusion. Congressman Russ Falter, thanks for taking a little time with us uh, here this morning. We'll get, get let you get back to work, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Next time we're going to have a full, complete congressional organization. We have our conversation. Okay, from, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up, uh, Congress, as you heard from uh, Congressman Russ Fulcher, House will be back in session. Senate is even back. There's no reason for them to be back because they've got all their leadership already sussed out. And they can't do anything until the House elects the Speaker. Can't be uh, a congressman, new congressman, can't be sworn in. Nobody gets paid, as you as you heard. Mm-hmm. The, the 13th is um, when a lot of pressure starts to come down because, what do you say, uh, almost 400 staff well, members he, don't get no, paid? No, he said there, were, there will be 435 different staffs that won't get paid. Different staff, so even more than that. Yeah. Um, so then you start to see a little more pressure from the people that are working for free. Um, not only that, but the 13th is a little ways off. You start to see pressure from the American people, from the political parties. The The interesting thing that I got there, and I didn't even think about that, was him pointing out that you have nobody that even wants the job other than Kevin McCarthy. Apparently, yeah. I, well, I, Kevin McCarthy and uh, who's Hakeem, the Democratic? Hakeem, Hakeem Jeffries, Jeffries. Maybe wants it. Now, yeah. Um, Hakeem Jeffries would love to get it. How would you like to be Speaker of the House uh, minority in the minority in, a, you know, the opposing party is a majority and you're the Speaker of the House in the minority? And this is. This- well, that would be kind of cool. You know, and, and uh, as we know, we've talked about this every two years. Uh, you don't have to be a congressman to be elected Speaker of the House. No. They could, uh, you know, decide that Donald Trump should be their Speaker of the House and elect him if they wanted to. I'm actually surprised that has not come up. To tell you the truth, you know, with the support from that, those 20, some of those are well, Trump and, and again, and again, like you said, I mean, McCarthy wants the job. Trump probably doesn't want the probably job. Probably not because he's going to be running for president. Yeah. Um, so I, we'll, we'll keep it up to date. Uh, another vote coming up today. At least one more vote, I would expect. Who knows? Maybe there'll be two more votes um, coming up later today as they uh, continue to uh, work out deals to try to get this done we'll keep you updated throughout the day i'm sure you're going to hear it through the news uh nate shellen talk a little bit of something there is some movement i still like the uh listener earlier this morning sent in an email they need to treat this like picking a pulp everybody is sequestered until there is a choice made <laughs> that puts some pressure on you it's like i can't go home it would wouldn't it yeah um like i said this is this i mean is history making in that it hasn't happened in a hundred years since 1923, but it has happened before. In 1923, nine votes were taken. The most votes ever taken right after the Civil War, 133 votes 
over a two-month period before somebody was chosen. Take phone calls and emails coming up here. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 905, our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com. Just wanted to quickly comment on that uh, final story that they're having in the news. Uh, the Boise police officer, um, the name was released, who uh, shot the suspect who uh, apparently was brandishing a weapon earlier this week. He's Um, had an exciting year. First thing that comes to my mind is, why does everything keep happening to me? (laughs) (laughs) So he's been uh, involved in in two uh, officer-involved shootings, and apparently also was the guy who was in the chokehold when he uh, got a bone in his neck broken or something? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's the same guy. He's kind of been in the middle of everything that's going on in the uh, police department. No word on what the uh, weapon was. However, in the press conference yesterday, the police chief, acting police chief, um, did say that it was a weapon. So, I mean, there was there was people saying, did he really have a weapon? Was he holding but, a gun uh, or a, uh, a phone or something like that? And this, it looked like a weapon. But the police chief did say, yes, he was brandishing well, and, a weapon. And it wasn't necessarily a gun because... The uh, officer fired when he wouldn't, uh, the, the uh, gentleman would not pay attention to any orders or anything like that, and he kept approaching. So if he had, you know, even a crowbar in his hand, you're approaching with a weapon. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, other things, if you want to talk about, just to get you up to date on some of the things we talked about earlier this morning, Brian Koberger, the suspect uh, in the killing of uh, University of Idaho students in Moscow, um, landed in Idaho last night uh, at Pullman Moscow Airport and was transported to uh, Moscow Jail. He is due sometime today to uh, arrive in court, and there's no information coming out as to when that will happen. Uh, actually, there's actually no information saying that it actually will really happen today. Um, they just expected to, since he arrived in Idaho last night, sometime today they're expected that he would appear in court. We don't know for sure if that's going to happen because there's a gag order on everybody, basically, as yeah. of right now. True, you can't say anything, uh, the, according to the judge. Yeah, there are a lot of people that want the court appearance to happen and the reason that they want that to happen is because then the affidavit which currently by law is not open would be released for media and people to see what was the causes for the police thinking that Goldberger was the uh, person to be arrested so you get you get a lot of information coming out of out of that affidavit, and it can't be released until he makes his uh, appearance, first appearance in court. So um, that is something by law that will be released, even though there's a gag order, because it is an official uh, court order, and uh, by law has to be released to the public. So we should know a little bit more, hopefully later today, if he does indeed go to uh, court. But other than that, there's not going to be a lot released, because I said, as I said, there's been a pretty strict gag order. It's not just on the police. 
It's on the prosecutor's attorney's office. It's on the defense attorneys. It's on anybody that has anything to do with the case. Kent has written in uh, to say, I started out wanting McCarthy as the speaker, but after these past few days, listening to these 20 Republican holdouts, I have shifted away from him. McCarthy is an established D.C. politician, and we can expect more of the same under his leadership. I have encouraged Fulcher through his Meridian office to now start looking in another direction and align himself with these holdouts who want to bring change to the D.C. swamp. But as as we found out earlier, he is a, a McCarthy voter at the moment. Well, the other the other interesting thing we heard, unless something changes, I mean, what do you do? Force somebody to take a job they did they don't want? I mean, Jim Jordan has has been put out as a nominee. Um, didn't come anywhere close to getting the number of votes that McCarthy has, but Jim Jordan is on the record as saying he does not want the job. Right. So what do you do? Vote for somebody? Vote somebody in who doesn't want to do the job? That doesn't seem very smart to me. <laughs> well, and and if just because you're voted in, does that mean you have to take the job? Well, I, that's what I'm wondering too. Are you, are you forced to take a job? It's like no, you have to take you you won you won the election. I didn't want to run. Sorry, it's your job now. Take over. Rich in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Uh, yeah, uh, just a second. Uh, you, you remember, like, Dennis Haskert, John Boehner, and Paul Ryan, they were all opposites of Nancy Pelosi, and they were all ran off by this uh, the Tea Party, now Freedom Caucus, because they just can't get along. And remember... Just a few weeks ago, Paul Ryan, or not Paul Ryan, but uh, McCarthy was fake mad that uh, McConnell made a deal with Nancy Pelosi on the budget. Could you imagine if these guys that can't decide on a speaker had to go to a budget, we'd be back into budget shutdowns and all that stuff again. Which we we may end up being yet. Well, not until the end of this year. but Well, uh, October. Yeah, we don't have to worry about it until October. Yeah, some somewhere in there, but uh, you know it would have just made them look. But this, but these is, I don't, I don't know who they're going to pick. But there, there might be Jordan didn't want to run, but they're talking about uh, this other guy Stass or something that has been supported McCarthy, but might take the job. But uh, well, I know Scalise. Scalise has been mentioned. He he's so second. Scalise. Yeah, Scalise is. Um, second in power as of right now, but he said there is absolutely no way that he would put his name up unless Jim Jordan were to withdraw. He said, other than that, I support Jim, or not Jim Jordan, sorry, Kevin McCarthy. He said, other than that, I support Kevin McCarthy, and there's no way that I would even, you know, entertain being nominated. Is is there a chance there'd be a compromise candidate? And he said he has no idea, but not for a long time, you know, anyway. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Rich. Uh, Rob wrote in, and he says, I just wanted to reach out and thank that sports guru, Rick, for that report on Devers signing an extension. I'll miss Alexander Bogarts from the Red Sox, whoever that is. I also wonder who Devers is. Rick should stick to his advocacy for teenage crime. (laughs) 
grief. Uh, okay, apparently a Red Sox fan. Yes, he did say Devers, and it's uh, Rafael Devers that's the third baseman. I thought it was Devers myself. Too. And uh, he apparently, it, I didn't hear this, but he apparently said Alexander Bogarts. Uh, the shortstop's name is actually Xander Bogarts. He's, uh, it's not short for Alexander in this case. And he's from Aruba, where they speak Dutch. Uh, update from the Chicago Tr- Tribune uh, this morning. It just came out. said, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin has shown what physicians treating him are calling remarkable improvement over the mm-hmm. past 24 good. hours. That's Excellent. good news. I just wonder, you know, is he going to end up going back to play? My guess would be no, but you never know. Hard, yeah, hard, hard to say. I, I, when something like this happens, I wonder if that takes out your willingness to even want to go back. When, when something like this happens, well, even if you have the I mean, ability you and you're okay, physically okay. Can you be okayed by a doctor after this? Yeah. I, I As of now, I saw a report also that um, he's been taken, cut back on oxygen, too. He's been on oxygen since he's been in the hospital. Um, they've cut that back 50% over the last 24 hours. So all of that is uh, sounding like very, very good news. Still intubated. But um, apparently doing uh, remarkably well, especially over the last 24 hours. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, other things that we talked about this morning, um, the effort to recall Eagles mayor and city council members has officially failed. They uh, needed around 4,300 signatures by December 27th. The release did not say how many signatures were collected, but they did not get the 4,300 that they needed <laughs> To uh, initiate It'd be the funny recall, if they came out and said, "No, they turned out they were three short." <laughs> call, I, I call for a recount. If you want to weigh in on your thoughts, uh, there two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Another report in case you missed it earlier this morning. Kellen Moore already an offensive coordinator. Now um, his brother has become an offensive coordinator. Missouri is hiring Fresno State's Kirby Moore as its new offensive coordinator. According to several reports, Moore, former Boise State wide receiver, brother of Kellen Moore, um, has spent the past six seasons with Fresno State, being his first as the Bulldogs offensive coordinator and uh, quarterback's coach. He will now be going uh, to the SEC. It's interesting. He's the quarterback's coach. Normally, they are former quarterbacks. He's not. He's a former wide receiver Mm -hmm. because his brother was the quarterback at the same time. And the two of them together set... I think a national record either for just passes caught or touchdown passes, one of the two. I can't remember, but uh, it was because Kellen was throwing and Kirby was catching. And this has Boise State all throughout this story. Number one, uh, played for Boise State. Um, he also was here in the Treasure Valley, coached for a short time with College of Idaho, went to Fresno. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz is the head coach at Missouri. Um, who is hiring him, Eli Drinkwitz, of course, uh, former coach with Boise State. And Eli just lost his quarterback's coach in Bush Handen, who was hired here in Boise to be the offensive coordinator. And now um, former Boise State player and coach headed mm-hmm. to be uh, the offensive coordinator at uh, 
Missouri. So anyway, congratulations. We'll take a break here. Um, coming up here next, our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Keep in mind that number is going to come in handy. We have a pair of tickets, Boise State, Utah State, Saturday afternoon. You'll hear all the action here on uh, Newstalk KBOI. But if you'd like to be at the game, absolutely free. Compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing. Stick around sometime within the next 30 minutes. We'll have a chance for you to get those tickets for free. They're expecting a huge crowd, ten to 12,000 expected. So apparently tickets sales are going very very well as of right now who knows maybe it'll be a sellout and you'll have tickets free tickets to a game um that you wouldn't be able to normally get tickets to but we have a chance for you to win those tickets on the way very soon get ready to call at 208-336-3700 download the 670 kboi app for your smartphone for free now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 921-208-336-3700-1-800-529-5264. It's toll-free. You want to text us, same as our main number. Email us, chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Tom writes in mike at kboi.com. On the bright side, let's look at all the money we're saving by Congress not being able to legislate. Well, and they're not doing, you know, making any mistakes or screwing anything up either. They they can't make yeah. any dumb laws. They can't do anything except vote for the speaker until there is a speaker that is actually chosen. That's true. In order to make mistakes, you actually have to be doing something. Uh, Matt writes in, uh, Mike at KBOI.com. Apparently, the judge has the ability to keep the probable cause affidavit in the uh, Koberger case sealed even after he is arraigned. Let's hope the judge doesn't. The public deserves answers and a transparent process in open court. Do we, though? Does the public deserve answers or just really want them? I, we really, really want them. I hope, I hope that they don't um, cloak the affidavit in secrecy either. I don't, I'm wondering by law, is that a public record? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have an answer to that because would would there be news organizations who would file public records requests to get the affidavit if the judge says, no, nope, you can't have the affidavit. We're keeping everything a secret. I think they can order something sealed, too, if they want. What will be, uh, be interesting is I don't know when this court case would happen. I mean, just based on... The uh, husband and wife. uh, Yeah, based on the other one, the day bills. The day bills. It's been, what, over two years now, and still we don't know when they're going to head to court. It seems longer to tell you. I know, it really does. Um, I mean, this probably isn't going to happen, my guess would be, this year, just based on how long it's taken some of the cases to come to court. But I wonder, just based on how much secrecy we're seeing so far, a complete gag order put on everybody in the case, this is probably not going to be an open court where you're going to have, you're probably going to not be able to have recording devices Mm -hmm. in the court for journalists. Right, this this probably won't be on television. Yeah. Um, 
just you or I probably are not going to be able to just walk in just to to watch. You and I, you and I might be able to because we are journalists. We just couldn't have. Well, we could claim we're journalists. Claim to be a journalist, but, but <laughs> we uh, could claim to be. A, let's put it this hey, way: we're with we, we may not be journalists, but we can get a press pass. <laughs> there, um, we may be able to, but I, I, I don't, I don't foresee this thing just based on how much secrecy so far that we're seeing that this would be an open court and journalists be able to have cameras or recording devices in the court. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I don't really see this as being. Uh, too much of a social situation until the whole thing's over. Um, no name on on this one. Another email uh, writes, please explain to me how one of the most liberal Republicans in the House sways the votes of almost 200 other Republicans. I don't believe it's because of his worth ethic or values. What was it Fulcher said? Oh, yeah, something about the most money raised. So Fulcher has been in the office long enough to be uh, bought also. <laughs> McCarthy is of the same cloth as... Paul Ryan, John Boehner, Mitch McConnell, etc. If we don't get someone other than the swamp, McCarthy, we're going to lose our country. Still, after the interview with Fulcher, I felt like the biggest reason he's voting for McCarthy is that McCarthy is willing to take the job. I think, personally, if we didn't ask him this, but if it came down, would you, who would you rather support? I, I think he'd rather support Jim Jordan. I, think I, so I get too. that impression. However, he knows Jim Jordan Jim personally, Jordan doesn't and want Jordan the job. doesn't want the job, so he's not going to vote for it. Yeah. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. We've got news coming up here at the top of the hour, or at the bottom of the hour. Uh, if you're on the line, stay right where you're at. I promise we're going to get to you coming up next. We've got phone calls waiting by, and we'll get to those on the way. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 208 336 Hound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. That's a phone number to get through. Also, keep in mind if you want to set your speed dial, get a chance to win those tickets to the Boise State Utah State game Saturday afternoon. Compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing. That will be the number that you will be calling sometime within the next 20 minutes to win. Promise we're going to give you a chance to win those coming up here uh, shortly. Back to the phones we go. Tom has been uh, waiting very patiently. Appreciate it, Tom. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and I'm glad to hear you guys are back. I was uh, starting to have a major withdrawal, and well, I wasn't thank sure you. how long I was going to survive. Well, thank you. Yes. Well, I'd like to talk for a second about this Moscow issue with the murders. I, I, I'm concerned about the press's thought that the public needs to know. Um, I, I have a tough time with that one because my concern is twofold. One is that hopefully and eventually we've got this arrest, but as more and more of the information is leaked out or are projected to possibly be on this case and many others, then the situation goes, okay, now are we creating a situation where we're giving the public information, but at the same time we're putting ourselves in a position that we're not going to be able to convict this person because we're not going to be able to find a jury or some defense attorney was saying, okay, that information was leaked to the press, now it's out into the neighborhood, and this information was wrong or whatever, basically giving the defendant an opportunity to get off on a technicality. So I, I struggle with that issue about what do we need to know as a public versus, you know, this is really interesting, what, you know, what we do. You know, it, 
if I were in the in the sheriff's department in those areas, I would have basically told the press, okay, there is no threat to the community right now as we understand it. We're working on the issue. We'll give you the details when the trial starts. Well, and, and Chris is right. It's not a need to know. It's a want to know. I mean, we don't need what? to know, but we. I, I'll admit it. I've been fascinated. I'll, I'll tell you one person who has been fascinated, and it's because she watches so many of these shows on, on Snapped and Law and & Order and things like that. My wife has been following this uh, along, yeah. I mean, with almost every new story that comes out. And I think there's a lot you of could, people that are like You that. could make an argument that you need to know that a murderer uh, is behind bars. Yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe. well, I've, I've learned that, so now... What do I need to know otherwise than that? I mean, the stories that were coming out of Moscow, you know, about this or that, and information was gathering, and then we had all these, quote, quote, and I'll use that word real loosely, experts, who were telling us this is what's going on and this is what they're going to be doing next and who works on that line. Um, You know, I I don't have any problem for people getting paid for their expertise, but they really aren't helping us. I mean, you know, that doesn't give us any information. It just gives us opinions. Now, the one thing I, the I will say, Tom, is I will use your argument back against you, is, you know, releasing that information, is that going to hinder the court case? If you don't release information, you do realize that that vacuum is still going to be filled by so-called experts and opinion pundits who are going to fill that by saying, here's what we think is going on. Is that just as bad? as releasing the actual information, or is it worse? I think in some cases it's worse. In some cases the situation is, but if it's being released by the news, not the news media, but the police department, the situation is then at what where is the line? I don't know where the line is. Where is the line where we say, okay, we're, some, we're releasing enough information to protect the public, but we're not releasing enough information that, we put ourselves in a position that we're not going to be able to convict the guy or the girl when we finally find them. And I think that's a tough line. I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I think sometimes in the, in the news, you know, nationally or whatever, we push that line, I think, too far. We get it to the point that, okay, now we find them. Now what are we going to do with them? Because, I mean, Moscow is not a very big town. How are you going to put a jury together of people who are not familiar with the case? Well, and this is why we wondered, Chris, I think, brought this up uh, earlier this week, is will the case be tried in Moscow, or will it be done like the Daybill, Daybill case, moved to someplace like Boise? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a tough issue, and every time that occurs, then we look at an additional cost. You know, we're in a situation that it's already going to cost, it, it costs a lot of money to get the guy from Pennsylvania already. Okay, and it's going to cost money for all this other stuff. And then if we move the trial, then we've got all the other costs involved in all yeah. that line. No, you're not wrong. You know, so we're looking, yeah, we're looking at two issues. One is that, you know, we want, if the guy is guilty, we want to hang him up by, you know, his toenails and make his life miserable, you know. But if we don't want to contribute to a process that gives him an opportunity to get off on the technicality, that's the part I'm having a tough time with. Thank you for the call, Tom. Appreciate thoughts. You bet. You bet. All right, goodbye. He made some good points. Yeah, he really did. And, and, and like I said, if you don't have information coming out, 
in this particular case. That doesn't mean there's not information that's going to be getting out. Now, it's not going to be coming from the police department. It's not going to be coming from, uh, you know, the prosecutors unless they're leaking it uh, or the uh, or the uh, defense because, it, I mean, the massive gag order has been put on this. A couple of instant messages here. This one's not signed, but it says maybe the added secrecy is because the accused is a law student. I don't think that would have anything to do with it necessarily. He's not a law student. No, that's true. He's not. Uh, He's a criminal justice graduate, graduate and also a graduate student. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, Paula writes in and says the thing to remember is that regardless of who is elected speaker, the clown car of the Freedom Caucus will still be leading the parade. Uh, sort of. There's, I mean, there, there's a certain, and you saw this same thing. We, and, and another we, thing we, we talked, talked about. Ru- Russ is a Freedom Caucus member, but he's not one of the guys voting uh, against McCarthy. This this happened for the past two years on the Democrat side. You had very left leaning members of the Democratic Party who carried a lot of weight and got a lot of their wishes carried out just because, as a group. They weren't going to vote unless they got concessions on certain things. And, and a lot of this was led by the squad. That's how much, that's how AOC as a first time congressman had so much power, you know, because people ask, it's like, how can a person who just got elected have so much power? Because she got together with a group and they wouldn't do anything. It's like if you had a family of five people and you said, okay, we're going to go to eat, but we're only going to go someplace that all five of us like. And one person keeps going, nope, don't like that. Nope, don't like that. Nope. Yeah. Who's in control? Yeah, exactly. That one person is that, actually in that control. 20% of the group. So you're seeing this on the Republican side because it was such a small majority win for them. That's why they were hoping for a bigger majority. Because then if you had the four, five people who were saying they're never voting for Kevin McCarthy no matter what, it wouldn't matter and they wouldn't have that much power. But in this particular instance, they're having that kind of power. Yeah. A couple breaking news stories that I wanted to... Uh, just came out within the last five, ten minutes. Uh, President Biden has announced that he is going to travel to El Paso this Sunday. It will be uh, that's, that's, a trip to the border. That's dangerously near the border, isn't dangerously it? Dangerously near the border. It will be his first trip as president. He is uh, going to be announcing that the U.S. will admit up to 30,000 people each month from Venezuela, Nicaragua, Haiti, and Cuba. So only a 1,000 a day. In exchange for being able to return to Mexico the same number of migrants from those countries who court crossed the border illegally. So hmm. he, he's willing to accept 30,000, but in exchange, 30,000 will be turned away and returned to Mexico. What do you think of that idea? It's better than just letting them stream across as they're doing right now. It helps a little bit. Biden is under pressure to detail his plans for dealing with the surge of migrants, the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, border security is a top priority for Republicans who took control of the House. Um, Republicans also have vowed to investigate the administration and their handling of the issue. No, they're not. They can't do anything until they get a Speaker of the House. They can claim they're going to, but until they, nothing can be done until that, that happens. True. Uh, the other breaking piece of uh, news uh, there's not, I mean, not a whole lot of people are going to be interested in this. I think you and I will be interested in this. Anybody who has a trade or a uh, non-compete agreement, the Federal Trade Commission is proposing historic ban on non-compete agreements. 
So non-competes are, there are a lot of uh, people who have, and, and companies do this because it allows them to remain con- in, in control of their employees and not uh, allow them necessarily to increase their wages right. by leaving for another job. Right. It, it, it uh, gives them the control over their employee that uh, maybe the employee should actually have. Yeah. Um, for instance, there are people that are companies who have, like I think mine is a six-month non-compete. So I can't work for any other media company if I were to leave my job or get fired for six months, which just seems ridiculous to me. Um, but most companies in media have that non-compete there are other companies that do it um in tech companies because they don't want them leaving to a competing tech company the federal trade commission's major proposal today says that it would bar employers from using non-compete agreements to lock workers into their jobs and keep wages down saying that this could see an increase for u.s workers to as much as 300 billion dollars per year (laughs) I'd like a piece of that. If somebody said, hey, you can't work in Boise for six months now, I'd say, can I work in New Plymouth? (laughs) So you understand that because the the city of license for 93.1 is actually New New Plymouth, Plymouth, Idaho. Yeah. I think it's, I can't remember exactly. I'd have to go read my contract if it's 60, within 60 miles yeah, of the okay. license, so I'm sure. That, yeah, I'm sure. I'd have to go past Ontario, <laughs> Huntington. I think I could go work in Huntington. Is there a radio station in Huntington, yeah, Oregon? I don't think so, but there's a strip club, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> hey, they need DJs. There might be. A, Welcome to the stage, there might, Cinnamon. There might be a pot shop too. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I think the pot didn't the pot shop move to Ontario? I have no idea. Now it used to be the pot shop was in Huntington for the specific reason that Ontario, the city of Ontario, didn't allow pot shots or pot shops. So. They set up a couple of pot shops in Huntington, but when Ontario started allowing the uh, pot shops to open up in the city of Ontario, I think they came back. Because, I mean, Huntington is what, 20 people? I mean, it's it's a turn in the road is all it is, And but that was the closest that they could put it to Ontario and the Idaho border. I don't know why they would put it on on the Oregon-Idaho border. That just seems ridiculous to me. I'm being sarcastic, I know you by are. the way. <laughs> KBY News Time is 944. As promised, I told you we were going to give you a chance to get your tickets to the Boise State Utah State games, expecting a big crowd. Uh, Boise State trying to go to two wins in a row and go to two and one on the Mountain West season. They take on Utah State coming up. By the way, Utah State is undefeated in Mountain West play. They're two and all right now, as as was San Jose State. Can they do it twice in a row? You could be there live if you're calling number six right now, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Calling number six, you're going to get those pair of tickets. Compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations going out to Melissa Sherpik. She is going to be going to the Boise State-Utah State game. Compliments of KBOI and Cloverdale Plumbing. Cloverdale Plumbing gave us uh, all their stash of tickets to give away this week. So a huge thank you and congratulations to Melissa. We'll have one final pair of tickets coming up. Tomorrow morning here on News Talk KBOI. Man, we have just been a plethora of breaking news this morning, which is, you know, kind of a great deal for News Talk KBOI and why you should listen every single morning. We have more breaking news for you, and it's been on a subject that we have been talking about this morning. 
Idaho officials have now publicly released court documents in the prosecutor's case against Brian Kohlberger, who faces four counts of first-degree murder and one count of burglary in the killings of four University of Idaho students. Um, CNN uh, is, who I saw broke the story, currently reviewing the documents, which include the probable cause affidavit used to justify mm. Kohlberger's arrest and obtain yeah, a warrant. That, that would be nice to hear, uh, what do they have on the guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, it, it, it's not that we need it, but it, we definitely want it. It's information. It's news from a story that a lot of people, most of the nation has been following for the last 80 days. So I, I am glad to see that they have officially released those documents. Um, it's coming at near the end of our show, so we're not going to have an update on this, but there will be an update throughout the day. Nate Shumman, I'm sure um, if he is back, he was feeling under the weather a little bit yesterday. Uh, his voice was gone, um, but if he's back today, he'll give you updates, I'm sure, by his show coming up later this afternoon. Also, uh, here the schedule hearing is going to happen today, 9.30 Pacific time. So this is going to be coming up here in about uh, 35, 40 minutes from right now. It'll be 10.30 Mountain Time that uh, he is scheduled to uh, go in court in front of the judge and uh, hear his charges against him. So we'll keep you updated on that story as we go along. So what is that? That's like four breaking news stories that we've had um so far this morning it's been a busy news day an instant message this this one also not signed but it says so he is a criminal justice graduate and you guys want to just glaze over that maybe he is doing some homework to see what he can get away with and test the legal system i don't don't know i don't think we glazed over i don't think it matters what he he uh, is majoring in in school uh, if if he were an accounting major or a communication major, and they suspected him of uh, committing murders, he would be treated exactly the same as he is as a criminal justice graduate student. It it, it, it really doesn't matter. And and you know whether he uh, supposing that he's guilty, whether he committed four murders just to see what the uh, criminal justice system was like. Uh, I, I see. I don't. I don't really see that as. Uh, Maybe this was his thesis. Making any sense whatsoever. Well, he can get that degree and then see how much good it does him in prison. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in, unless you're saying maybe he thought he could get away with it because of how much study he he'd done on murders. I I I guess I don't know because we haven't. It's not something we're glossing over. It's it's been mentioned many times. Um, you know, even by us and through the station that he is well, criminal justice said, major. Several people have said, "Well, I hope he doesn't find a loophole in the system that lets him get away with murdering four people." Uh, is there a loophole that lets you get away with murdering four people? No. If, if you're found guilty, you're found guilty I mean, by a jury yeah. of your peers. If you're found um, innocent. innocent by a jury of your peers, then it's you not get, a loophole. Then you it's, get to go home. Yeah, it's not a loophole. It's the law. That's like I, that's why I get so frustrated so many times with people going, "Oh, they're rich. They found loopholes to the to the tax code." No, it's not a loophole. It's actual tax code law. Yeah, they used it legally. Well, here's and you're smart if you do use it. It's not a loophole. Here's what the advantage is: if you have money, you can hire attorneys that you know have been proven to be extremely intelligent and and to be effective at what they do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll get off, but you can hire the best attorneys possible as opposed to just taking your chances with the public defender. My guess is, at least so far, Kohlberger has used nothing but a public defender. He had a public defender in uh, 
Pennsylvania, and that public defender turned the case over to a public defender here in Idaho. So as of right now, he is using a public defender. Will that continue? Well, at some point now that he has been returned to Moscow, and he'll hear those charges coming up about 10.30 this morning, will his family... I, I I know nothing about his family if they are rich, but you know if if they own their home, will they be you know selling their home or putting up their home to hire a very expensive lawyers? Even I mean lawyers are not cheap, and the best lawyers are really expensive. Really? They drove cross country in a Hyundai. That doesn't sound like wealthy people. <laughs> no, it doesn't. If you're wealthy. You just hop on a plane and you're there. Yeah, there's a there's a, there's a lot that we will be seeing over the next three six months. Like I said, I, there's I just don't believe there's any way this case comes to fruition any time this year. I I I could be wrong, but just and I base that just on past cases. The Daybell's case is the most recent one. Um, I mean we're we're going going to be going on over two years since their charges, and they're still not in court yeah. as of you, yet. You are promised a speedy trial in this country. Unless your own lawyer is the one who keeps filing the, uh, you know, the the appeals to uh, lengthen the amount of time. Yeah. That's it for us today for your Thursday morning. As I mentioned, keep listening here to News Talk KBOI throughout the day. We'll have updates on all those stories, the breaking news stories that uh, came out earlier today. Tomorrow morning for a Friday, we will be back. More chances for you to get those basketball tickets. Uh, also tomorrow, Friday. Open Phones Friday, the first open phones of the new year. You'll be able to take part in the show tomorrow morning.